Hello, and welcome to the sermons of our Savior Lutheran Church in Fort Capel, Saskatchewan. Today is the third Sunday in Lent, also known as Okuli. Our Holy Gospel comes from the Gospel according to St. Luke, the 11th chapter. Now Jesus was casting out a demon that was mute. When the demon had gone out, the mute man spoke, and the people marveled. But some of them said, He casts out demons by Beelzebul, the prince of demons. While others, to test him, kept seeking from him a sign from heaven. But he, knowing their thoughts, said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is laid waste, and a divided household falls. And if Satan is also divided against himself, how will his kingdom stand? For you say that I cast out demons by Beelzebul. And if I cast out demons by Beelzebul, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore they will be your judges. But if it is by the finger of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. When a strong man, fully armed, guards his own palace, his goods are safe. But when one stronger than he attacks him and overcomes him, he takes away his armor in which he trusted and divides the spoil. Whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. When the unclean spirit has gone out of a person, it passes through waterless places seeking rest. And finding none, it says, I will return to my house from which I came. And it comes. It finds its house swept and put in order. Then it goes and brings seven other spirits more evil than itself, and they enter and dwell there. The last state of that person is worse than the first. As he said these things, a woman in the crowd raised her voice and said to him, Blessed is the womb that bore you, and the breasts at which you nursed. But he said, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and keep it. This is the word of the Lord. Our sermon was recorded previously at our divine service. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. When Solomon grew great and found favor in the eyes of the neighboring kingdoms, he went against God's advice and took many foreign wives for alliances. He had many, many wives. And rather than instructing them in the true worship of God, he built them shrines to their pagan gods so that they could worship their idols. For this, the Lord would divide the kingdom after his death. And so the kingdom was divided against itself, for it did not worship the Lord only. The new king in the northern kingdom, despite receiving his kingdom from God and promising God to be faithful, immediately set up two places of worship, which mixed the worship of the Lord with that of Baal. Similar things kept happening over and over in both Israel in the north and Judah in the south until each completely fell because they were divided against themselves. In our gospel lesson this morning, our Lord Jesus casts out a demon that was mute. When the demon had gone out, the mute man spoke, and the people marveled. This was not the first time that our Lord cast out an evil spirit from someone, and it would not be the last. But even as the people marveled, not all saw God working in Jesus' power over evil spirits. For in their hearts, one to another said in hushed whispers and voices, He casts out demons by Beelzebul, the prince of demons. 
They were accusing Jesus of not doing the divine work which he had come to do, but instead saying that he cast out demons by Beelzebul. This was a title for Satan adopted by many in the time between the Old and New Testaments, a title that mocks one of the Canaanite idols, Baal, whom so many in the days of Israel fell into idolatry too. Our Lord Jesus Christ, knowing their thoughts, gave a response to their accusation in two related parts. The first, Jesus is either working for Beelzebul or God, and what you believe about that determines your role in God's kingdom. And the second, that we can only belong to one or the other, and the danger of apostasy, but the blessings of steadfastness. Whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. With these words, our Lord gives a stark picture to the people. There is no middle ground in one's opinion about Jesus. There are only two options. Either you believe he is the Christ, the Son of God, who has come as the Messiah and so are on his side, helping him gather the lost sheep together into the fold, or you reject this. And by rejecting it, you believe that he is on the side of Satan, and thus you yourself belong to Satan's side, and instead of gathering the sheep together, scatter them abroad. To illustrate this, our Lord puts a question to those who make the accusation. Every kingdom divided against itself is laid waste, and a divided household falls. And if Satan also is divided against himself, how will his kingdom stand? For you say that I cast out demons by Beelzebul, but if I cast out demons by Beelzebul, by whom do your sons cast them out? This is the first option that our Lord places before them. In bringing up the image of a kingdom divided against itself, our Lord brings to their mind many stories of which they would be familiar with. First, their own kingdom in ancient days. Their fathers were divided, and in God's judgment, their kingdom was laid waste. They may have also thought of Alexander the Great, whose empire split up after his death and was weakened by many civil wars, so that the Maccabees were eventually able to assert Jewish self-rule in Judea. Yet this same dynasty, the Hasmoneans, who took advantage of the great civil war in Alexander's empire, was divided against itself later on. And no more than 60 years before Jesus' conversation here, it fell due to civil war and became a subject of Rome. With this in mind, our Lord says, If Satan is also divided against himself, how will his kingdom stand? It makes no sense for Satan to fight his own, to weaken his own kingdom's grip on people. If Satan were to fight himself, it would be his downfall. But our Lord does not leave it there, but adds, If I cast out demons by Beelzebul, by whom do your sons cast them out? There were many pious Jewish exorcists in those days who cast out demons. And here our Lord brings this to his accusers, saying in effect, If you believe I cast out demons by demons, then are you not saying the same thing about your own sons? After all, many of them even used my name 
when they cast out demons. If I am doing the work of Satan, then so are they. This is why he adds, therefore they will be your judges. But if it is the finger of God, by the finger of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. These Jewish exorcists will be the judges of the crowd who claim Christ our Lord cast out demons by Satan, because these same ones knew that Jesus was doing what he was doing by God's power. For they also cast out demons by God's power. They were not using Satan to cast out Satan, but were casting out demons in the name of God, and by God's power, and according to God's will. Since they did this, they recognized that Jesus also did this. Thus they would judge those who spoke against Christ's working by the Holy Spirit, even if they themselves did not believe that Jesus was the Son of God and the Messiah. They knew enough to say that what he was doing is by the finger of God. <clears throat> but if it is by the finger of God that I cast out demons, our Lord says, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. In this, our Lord claims that he is the prophet like Moses, who is greater than Moses. For as we saw in our Old Testament reading, Pharaoh's magicians had been able to reproduce many of the miracles that God worked through Moses by their arts, but they could not bring gnats against the people of Israel, as God had done against the people of Egypt through Moses. When they could not reproduce this miracle, they said, this is the finger of God. Moses worked miracles by the finger of God, that is, the Holy Spirit, the power of God, in order to deliver the people of Israel from slavery in Egypt and to bring them to the Promised Land. Our Lord is the prophet like Moses, but greater, and doing a greater work, worked miracles by the finger of God in order to deliver all people from slavery and bondage to Satan and bring them from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light and life everlasting. Thus the kingdom of God, the final kingdom of God, which will stretch into eternity, has come in Christ. Thus our Lord moves to his second point, the one which belongs to either Satan or God in Christ Jesus, and there are no other options. In order to help demonstrate this, and to show what this bondage looks like, he has, from which he has set his people free, he says to them, When a strong man, fully armed, guards his palace, his goods are safe. But when one stronger than he attacks him and overcomes him, he takes away his armor in which he trusted and divides his spoil. Satan is the strong man in this parable, and the palace he guards is his kingdom. That is, all who are lost and bound in sin, who are without rescue and would end up in condemnation with him. This kingdom he claimed for himself after his own fall and after introducing sin into the world by tempting our first parents, Adam and Eve. For generations he guarded his kingdom, spreading idolatry through the world, keeping humanity enslaved to their sin, thus sharing in his fate of everlasting torment, having essentially stolen what belongs to God by God's right 
as their creator. But in the incarnation, the stronger one appears, the Son of God himself taking on human nature, becoming man in order to attack Satan and overcome him, and divide the spoil, plundering him of his goods. Jesus Christ is the stronger man who overcomes Satan. He first overcame him in the wilderness in his temptation, and continued to attack Satan with each and every exorcism. Eventually, he would fully defeat him on the altar of the cross when he gave his life as a ransom for the world, shedding his innocent blood for guilty people, taking their punishment, dying to bring life that they might be forgiven by faith in him. Even here, our Lord begins to divide the spoil. Before he goes to the cross by constantly overcoming Satan, and removing from his grasp the souls who trust in him. For the spoil he takes is none other than all who by grace come to faith in Jesus. You and I and all who believe are the spoil which Christ has taken from Satan in overcoming him. For he has saved us and by bringing us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of life and light. And to drive the point home, that his hearers may remember the importance of remaining steadfast in the faith and demonstrating how just as one can see Jesus as either being from God or from Satan, one can only belong to Christ or Satan. When he says, when the unclean spirit has gone out of a person, it passes through waterless places seeking rest. Finding none, it says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when it comes, it finds the house swept and put in order. <clears throat> then it goes and brings seven other spirits more evil than itself and enters and dwells there. And the last state of the person is worse than the first. By this, our Lord tells his hearers, including us today, that when an evil spirit is driven out of a person in the case of physical possession, or when a person is delivered from the dominion and power and influence of Satan in the case of all unbelievers coming to faith, something must take place in the heart and soul of that person. And the only person which can take the place of the evil spirit or the influence of Satan is the Lord Jesus. If the strong man is driven out, the stronger must take his place, lest it be empty and fall again under the dominion of Satan. The Holy Spirit must take the place of the evil spirit for a person to remain free of its power. And this, dear brothers and sisters, happens in holy baptism. For this is where God makes his home in us according to his promises. In baptism, God makes us his own, transferring us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Each baptism includes a small exorcism, because before baptism we are still under the dominion of Satan. That is why in baptism we renounce the devil and all his works and all his ways. Then in baptism, which our Lord calls being born again by water and the Spirit, the Holy Spirit grants the gift of faith. Faith believes and receives the promises of baptism, justification, and the forgiveness of sins. Faith also unites us to Christ Jesus, so that being forgiven, we are made a part of him 
and he resides in us. Since Christ Jesus is the God-man, we too are united to God, to the Holy Trinity, the only God, in whose name we are baptized. Thus, by his grace, through faith, we, his forgiven people, are united to Christ Jesus and filled with the Holy Spirit. But do not be deceived, brothers and sisters, if we abandon him after all he has done, if we reject him after he has brought us out of darkness to light, if we provoke him to anger by idolatry and refusing to repent, by seeking to please the world, by neglecting him and forsaking his word, then our last state will be worse than the first. For if we drive out of ourselves the Holy Spirit and reject his urging to repentance, we leave Christ and return to the darkness. May that never be among us, brothers and sisters. And so let us, as those who have been baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, hold fast to the word of God which we have heard. For blessed is the one who hears the word of God and keeps it. For the one who keeps the word of God is the one who trusts in it, treasures it, cherishes it, and guards it within their heart, holding fast and continuing to believe in it. Let us hold fast to his word, gladly attending to its hearing, so that we may not tire of it or forsake it, but cherish it and be refreshed by it. Let us daily repent of our sins, and so rise to new life according to the promises of God which we have in his word. Let us reverently and with repentant hearts receive the sacrament of Christ's body and blood, trusting his word and promise so that we may so that it may for us be a feast of forgiveness, life and salvation and union with Christ. Let us by his grace hold fast to his word, for he dwells in you, dear saints, and will protect you from the strong man. For the one who is with you and within you is the stronger one, even the strongest one. Yes, the blessedness which Christ speaks of here is the blessedness of eternal life with him, the blessedness of being redeemed by Christ our Lord, who has come to deliver us from bondage to Satan and bring us to his kingdom where joy will have no end. May God grant this to all of us, brothers and sisters, by his grace, through faith in his Son. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.